Interrupting sibilance. Okay, so this is the um, the other day we were kind of talking about how things in medicine kind of operate in circles. So things that were in vogue before are no longer in vogue. And so this is the management of emergencies from 1966. So I found this. Um, it was like a pamphlet published by the New England Journal of uh, or New England Journal of Medicine on the management of emergencies. Everything you know about emergency medicine in this little thin pamphlet. Um, and the, the cardiac arrest in 1966 treatment algorithm, algorithm is as follows. So someone goes into cardiac arrest and they have like a whole paragraph describing what cardiac arrest is. First you summon Zaid, so that's reasonable uh, approach. Then you deliver a sharp blow to the precordium. Who here remembers the precordial thumb? Okay. Yeah, I've actually done it once before in yeah a long time ago. So anyway, the, the very second step is to deliver the precordial thumb. So you can see things sort of uh, change a bit and then begin artificial ventilation. So this is interesting because they say, um, actually, don't bother with intubation. So that's kind of what we do now. Remember, it was like, I don't know, maybe 10, 15 years ago, everyone got intubated right away. And they said, don't bother with intubation. But they actually said, um, go ahead and put the patient on the floor and then give them mouth to mouth. So we, the standard would be move the patient from the bed under the floor and then kneel next to them and then give them mouth to mouth in 1966. So we kind of don't, we don't do that anymore. But the idea of not immediately intubating because they thought it just waste too much time to intubate. So that made sense. Um, then begin artificial circulation. And again, they said, move the patient to the floor, kneel over them and do compressions. And they actually go into detail about how to make sure you give them fast enough and do a deep enough compression. So that was pretty reasonable. So I'll give them points here. I'll give them half a point here. This we don't do so much. And I guess some of the, I give them a point there. So for definitive treatment, the first line for cardiac arrest was epinephrine. And that totally makes sense. That's kind of what we do right now. But, um, the way they delivered epinephrine was every three to five minutes you take a cardiac needle so like a nine centimeter thing and deliver intracardiac epinephrine and not just once but every three to five minutes so you have to be stabbing the anterior chest to deliver your intracardiac epinephrine because that was the standard of care the very second thing you do um, was a venous cut down why start an IV when you can prolong the procedure by doing a venous cut down in the saphenous vein how many people have ever done a venous cut down I think we did one in ATLS lab in like 1990 something but I've never ever done one on a real live patient before anyway uh, the very next step was to administer bicarb and you give one amp every eight minutes so these people probably had a lot of bicarb and a lot of swelling uh, going on because if you're giving an amp every eight minutes that's quite a heavy dose of bicarb and the very next thing you do was administer this medicine called Meterminol. Has anyone ever even heard of Meterminol? No. So actually, it's an alpha agonist. So it's kind of, um, kind of in the you know presser class. So that's probably not unreasonable. Although I've never heard of it and I've never given it, and obviously it's not the standard of care now. Then Levofed, 16 milligrams. It's kind of a hearty dose of Levofed. That'll get you going. And then after the Levofed, of course, you had to give Salucortef for cardiac arrest. So of the things, we'll give them credit for, yeah, holding off on intubation, then starting CPR, epinephrine, the, the medicine is right, the root is a little bit kooky, um, and the rest of this stuff is kind of abandoned now. 
But when I say this, if you are listening to this podcast, right now the year is 2016. So if you're listening to this podcast in 2026, metarminol will probably be back into play and solucortaf will probably be back into play. <laughs> so look for these things in the future. Uh, so then uh, going on, if the patient had a VF, first thing you do, um, well, you'd still give them intracardiac epi because everything has to be intracardiac. And then calcium chloride. So... I guess some of us, there's some people who still give some calcium. Um, maybe if they're uh, hyperkalemic, that would potentially treat that. And then the defibrillation method, so you'll like this, 450 volts AC. So our plugs are, what, 120? Your dryer's 220. So double up the power of your dryer plug. <laughs> Apply the paste, because there weren't pads back then, you had paste and these electrodes onto the patient's uh, chest and then give them 450 volts AC electricity. I, I mean, that had to be like some sizzling burn going on with that uh, dosage. But anyway, that was the standard for VF. And then procaine amide. So um, this kind of fell out of favor. Now we kind of use it. You'll see us using it once in a while again. So that's kind of interesting. And then post-cardiac arrest, this was interesting. They put them on an alkalinizing drip. Um, I think they really like the bicarb. And then this was, this was super interesting. They said um, they should be uh, hypothermic to protect the brain. And like, remember, like we didn't do that 15 years ago because we thought it was worthless. And now, well, maybe, no, was it five or eight years ago, we did hypothermia because thought it would be super awesome. We cooled them down to 33. And then they said, well, it doesn't make any difference if they're like 36. So now we just kind of make sure they're not warm and treat their fever. So hypothermia is kind of, it's like this cycle of what's in and what's out. Anyway, I thought this was interesting. I found this book, so I'm going to present more of these from 1966 because I think it's kind of cool to look back to see what works, what doesn't work, and how we cycle through different therapies. And and whoever listens to this in the future, which of these things will apply once again, all right?